that's why I'm a big fan of allocating time on your calendar for connection and networking, just as if you would allocate time for a meeting that you don't even want to attend, right? We always need to find time to make ourselves available, but we need to do it within the boundaries of what is going to produce the results we want and enable us to live the life we desire. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 179. Joining us today is Jake Kelfer, two-time best-selling author, global speaker, and founder of Pro Basketball Combined which has helped over 70 NBA draft prospects sign their first contract. His latest book is entitled Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. Jake provides insight in how we can grow and scale our business through building a solid network that converts and fortifies impactful and profitable businesses. Good morning, Jake. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. It's great to be here. Pumped to dive in. Yeah, we're super excited to have you here. You know, you have so many interesting stories and we just love your book, Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. What led you to write this book? Or to begin on this one, Shai, I mean, there, there is a whole story back there, but let me take it back to the beginning of the journey and then why this book needed to be written at the time it did. So for me, my first job ever out of college, I went to the University of Southern California I actually got a job working for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, as a Southern California guy, that was like a dream come true opportunity. And not just that, but it was Kobe Bryant's final NBA season. So imagine Uh, not winning a championship, but then being there for Kobe's final season. It was about as good as it gets. And that was my first real job out of college. And the way I got that was through my network, right? Was through learning strategies of how to connect with people. Once I left the Lakers, though, I actually retired when Kobe retired and launched my first book as a way to give back and start making an impact on people that really were looking for how to stand out in the job market and discover their passion again. And so I continued to speak. I continued to go out on my own. I started building up my own businesses and that started going well. And then I said, well, shoot, I really missed the basketball side of things. So I got back into the basketball world, created a major event called the Pro Basketball Combine that's helped over 70 guys sign their first pro contract. And how did I do that? It was through the ability to build a network and to do it quickly and efficiently that led to results and the exchange of transactions, right? And so after I traveled all over the country as a speaker, after we had built this basketball event, I realized, what is the number one secret for my success up to this point in life? And the only thing that was in common really was my ability to connect with people. And the people that have given me guidance, the people that have been my customers, the people that have continued to support me, everything was around this one concept of connection. And so I said, you know what? That's the next book that I need to write. And so Elevate Your Network became the book of my best tips and tricks on how to connect with people that will help you have more happiness, more freedom, more epic experience, and more raving customers. That is such an awesome story, you know, and it makes me think about like that old saying that life is really a relationship business, right? And I think what has happened in the information age, part of the downside is 
we kind of get caught in this place where we get comfortable with who we know and what we know. And at some point, we're not putting ourselves out there, right? Or when we are, we're doing it in ways that are sort of superficial. And somewhere along the way, we've lost a focus of how to make a meaningful connection. Totally. What's really interesting about what you're saying there is that sometimes, especially as we move into the digital age, and it's maybe newer to some people, we forget that the level of connection can still be developed, but we have to use other methods of making that connection have the same interpretation for both parties. So give us an example of how that works. So, you know, when we think about it, we, in in the traditional sense of networking, right? The first thing that comes to mind is we go to a networking event or we go to a chamber event or we go to a local community event. We pass out some business cards, maybe we connect and then sometimes we follow up and sometimes we don't, right? Well, now we're in an age where, one, due to the current situation of the world, we're forced to rely on digital platforms to develop relationships, to enhance our relationships, or to start new ones. And so we're also at a point, though, where we have all of the resources we need. And with a couple quick tips, we can execute on all fronts, meaning we can use LinkedIn if we're focusing purely on business demographics. We can focus on Instagram, if we're trying to focus on more smaller businesses that are hitting the more millennial age group, and we can focus on Facebook using different types of groups to connect with people. And so what I would say here is the first thing we have to identify is what is our intention? Because in in today's age, in the digital age and with COVID, one of the things that we see is that people now are reaching out with a lack of intention. Just because it's available and easier to send 25 direct messages or friend requests versus calling and visiting 25 businesses or going to 25 different events, we have a lack of intention and we're focusing on our quantity rather than the quality of those specific connections. So that's the first thing that we really need to look at when we start to move from in-person to digital is we need to be intentional with why in the world are we going to reach out to this person and how are we going to do it? And the second thing that we need to identify is who do we really want to be reaching out to? Now that we're going to technology, everybody is accessible with their fingertips, right? Everybody's one text away, one quick email away, one direct message away, one friend request away. So we really have to understand, well, who do we want to connect with and how can we distinguish ourselves from the 50, 100 other people that want to get into that person's inbox and that person's attention? And the way we do that is by being more clear on who we're reaching out to and then understanding the intention behind that, which enables us to create and curate a more custom message. Yeah, I love this idea about intention, right? Because I can tell you, I hear this again and again from so many of my colleagues, so many of the folks that we work with, the frustration around even their employees sometimes and the level of engagement, we're sometimes sending emails as a replacement for actual customer service. Even when somebody has a problem, we're not taking that opportunity to make a meaningful connection. We're not being intentional about how to turn that into a relationship, how to deepen that relationship. So mm-hmm. It's such a great place to start because I really feel like that's something that we're losing. Like you said, the focus is on quantity and efficiency and somewhere along the way we're, we're missing out. Yeah, on a business basis, like you're saying, so many of our business leaders react to a call for help or an interest. They answer the basic question. That's the last of the dialogue. And like Jake, you're saying, that's just the beginning of the relationship. 
You nailed it. You know, I think one of the crazy positive things about the digital age and social media is it allows us to be proactive to the potential reaction, right? And what I mean by that is social media gives us a chance to address what could be our customers' biggest potential problems, what could be our current customers' biggest issues by putting it out in front, allowing them to see it before the problem happens for them, which makes us look like we're doing an unbelievable job. So for example here, pick any industry that we want to do. And for everyone that's listening, think about your specific industry. There's always going to be questions and there's always very common questions that our our prospects and our customers are always asking us, right? There's always the troubleshooting. There's always the signing up, the onboarding. There's all types of questions. Well, we can leverage social media to our benefit in the sense of we can create graphics. We can create one-minute tutorials, two-minute videos, how-to programs, where we can allow that to be the foundation so that we have an easier way to direct them. And then what happens is customers are seeing this and they're like, oh, clearly this business knows exactly what my struggles are. And now I totally resonate with them. And I'm going to now sign up or I'm going to renew our contract because they've taken such good care. Once they've interacted through that means, right, we're being proactive to their reaction. Once we get to the next phase, well, then it's about maintaining. It's about engaging. It's about consistently showing up for our people. It's about checking in with our people. It's about sending that quick message to them saying, hey, how's everything going? It's about making sure that we track those follow-ups and things like that. And that enables us to not only build the relationship where we come from an expert frame, but we're also now able to develop the relationship from a human frame. And those are what makes the customers feel that we're speaking directly to them and make them feel like they are the most important person in our world, that we truly understand them and that we can truly level them up through our offerings, through our business, through our employees, et cetera, et cetera. This really sounds like a natural transition into the business-to-business environment where business owners have a lot of relationships they need to maintain with other business owners and suppliers at a high level. At the client level, you usually have staff involved with dealing with your clients and nurturing the clients, and you spend some time educating and training and involving them. And then to the level of business owner to business owner, you have a connection, but how do you evolve that into a relationship? So we'll keep it purely focused on technology. Now let's use LinkedIn as an example here for this of how we can turn the connection into the relationship. And Craig, let's dive in this a little bit. We want to focus on the client connection to relationship, or we want to focus purely on the business to business relationship on this one. On this particular one, the business to business, the relationship between two business owners or a business owner and a supplier. Yeah. So, so when we're focused on this specifically, right, I want to focus on LinkedIn because business to business and business to supplier and business to anybody that we need to maintain relationships with, LinkedIn is going to be our go-to platform. Part of that is because it has an unbelievable search engine built into LinkedIn. It's got the capability to search by person, by industry, by job title, by connections of other people, an incredible search engine. And so once we've established the connection, right? We've established the connection. We've sent the connection request. We've come on board with them. Well, there's two ways that we can really develop these relationships. The first way is to be a content creator. 
Meaning that once a week or whatever feels comfortable to you, you're broadcasting to your network, to your connections, what's going on in your business, right? This is more of a high level public facing experience where you're letting these people know, hey, this is what we got going on. This is what's the latest in our business. This is maybe what we're looking for. We're hiring, right? These are public facing where we want people to know on a like a broadcast, hey, we're doing XYZ. We'd love to connect, stay in touch, whatever the call to action may be. Now, the other way to do this is once we've established these individual connections, the way to maintain and develop the relationship using a platform like LinkedIn would be as simple as anytime they post, if you're online and you see their post, to like it or to comment on it, to share their post, right? Because part of developing a relationship is to provide value. Well, how can we provide value as we're continuing to grow? Well, one of the best ways to do that is to share someone's content. You're essentially amplifying their message. Commenting on their content allows people to feel like you are paying attention, which in turn makes them feel good, which leads to a deeper bond of trust. And then to take it even one step further is to be very decisive on your follow-ups. And we like to recommend a approach called 4130. And really what this means is we try to keep things as simple as possible. And so what we recommend is you reach out, you make the initial contact. Awesome. Well, if we want to keep developing that relationship, we hit them back seven days later. We hit them again seven days later. And we have four touch points for one contact in 30 days. And that's how we follow up with them to establish like our first real like next level development. And then from then on, it's maintaining that. It's showing up once a month. It's checking in. It's noticing their work anniversary. It's noticing a job change. It's, it's noticing a, that something that they've broadcasted. And we continue to find ways to show them that we're listening and that we're a part of their journey and we're on the same mountaintop that we're climbing. And that's how people feel like they can become more intertwined and connected using the digital power of LinkedIn from a B2B perspective. Sounds like continuous feeding on a schedule is extremely important here. In your book, I was going through a number of things and you have a large series of Kelf keys and I wanted to chat on a couple of them. Number 17, ta-da, set up informational interviews. Tell me what that's all about. So one of the first things that's going to come to everybody's mind when they hear informational interviews is they think of back when they were you know, in college trying to set up a conversation to look and prospect for a job, right? But what's really interesting, and you could call these curiosity conversations, you call them informational interviews, you call them whatever you want. The key here and this principle behind Kelfkey 17 is that in order for us to be able to grow our network, in order for us to be able to develop our relationships is we have to ask questions that give us the right information. And an informational interview is a way of showing someone that you acknowledge their credibility and experience and status in their career because you're going after them, right, to gain information from them. But on the flip side, it also allows you to acquire information that could help you curate better relationships, curate better offers, curate anything that you are looking for in order to be able to grow as an individual or as a business person, entrepreneur, small business owner, whatever it may be. And so it's all about no matter what age we get, no matter what title we have, no matter how much our, our yearly salary is, it's always, always important for us to be asking questions and setting up conversations with people that we can learn from, that we can partner with, or that can eventually become a potential customer down the road. 
I got to tell you, Jake, I love your energy and the way that you think about this and sort of your framework for how to go about this. And at the same time, it also sounds exhausting. <laughs> how do you scale this as a business owner without finding yourself like face down every day, plowing through LinkedIn, plowing through Facebook, liking people's posts, trying to find something to post? How do you also find time to run your business when you're doing all of this? I mean, is this something we can delegate? Yes. So I love this question. I want to address the first part. And then, Shah, if we can come back to the delegation part, I'd love to dive that into two separate pieces here. And first off, I totally understand how it can seem and appear to be this overwhelming. And I'm not going to lie to you. Networking requires work. Just like growing your business, networking requires work. But the most foundational piece of your business is going to be getting customers or finding partners, getting investors, getting people to be on board. Essentially, everything that we're doing comes from this foundation of connection, right? At the same time, though, let's talk about why it may seem exhausting. And it may seem exhausting because I'm talking about all these different things and all these different avenues. The trick here is to not allow it to be all time consuming because what we find is that the people that end up spending the most time end up getting distracted, right? They end up scrolling, they end up getting distracted and away from their purpose. So I recommend what we call habit stacking when it comes to networking and making it a specific habit that's part of your day, but that doesn't feel like a burden, that doesn't feel exhausting. And this is what that looks like. So let's say, for example, you check your emails from 9 o'clock to 9.30 on average right when you walk in the office. Or let's say you have a meeting from 9 to 10 in the morning right when you get in the office. Right after those, what we call as habit stacking is right after that, you would immediately go into 20 minutes of networking or 30 minutes of networking, whatever time you allocate towards doing it, that would go right after that. And this starts to become part of the process, right? Every morning, you know, you show up, you're going to check your email. Well, making your email 10 minutes shorter and then adding the networking component on it makes it a no brainer. So once I'm done email, I will then do networking. And then boom, you're done with both of those things and you can go on to the next task. We've found that people in, in companies, especially as owners who are always very, very busy, this has become a great strategy to implement it without feeling overwhelmed or, or continuing to push networking off to the last minute and then being like, oh my gosh. And so that's one of the best ways to start adding it in so that it's consistent, but it's not overbearing. Does that make sense that the, the way we, we kind of frame that? Yeah, it sounds like you're saying you have to make it a deliberate part of your strategy. Like it's just not something that you do here or there. Like habit stacking, like you said, this needs to become part of your routine if you really want to see results. Yeah, and, and, and I would go so far as to say I'm a big believer that, that our business grows as much as our connections grow. And our ability to get new customers is based on our ability to connect with our demographic of ideal customers. Our ability to connect with our employees and have them produce greater results stems from how do they feel when we interact with us? Because that's what connection is. It's the way we make somebody else feel through our interaction with them. The greater that feeling, the more likely they are to take the action that you'd ideally want them to take. And therefore, connection should be in everybody's day-to-day. Because sometimes we call it networking, sometimes we call it connection, sometimes we call it a meeting, but whatever it is, it needs to be with that intention and it needs to be designed to create a result based off our KPIs, based off what it is that we're looking for. 
So now I'll go to that next phase, right? Which we talked about delegation. And when I think about delegation is all of this stuff can be delegated, but there is no substitute for you being the one to do it. And let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say we want our assistant to do some of the legwork on this. Great. They can prospect all the people. They can post your updates. They can comment on other people's stuff. They can send the initial messages. But once you get to a certain level, and this is different for every person based off preference, but once you get to a certain level, I believe that that's when you as the owner, you as the person who is being represented can jump in and close the deal, can jump in and facilitate and develop the relationship. So for example, for me, I have somebody that works with me. She's my assistant. And one of the things that she's doing is she's always prospecting the people that are be really good for us based off the guidelines that I set out for her to find. That enables her to find people that I'm going to be interested in connecting with, potential prospects. She does all of the creation of that, right? Once it gets to the point where it's one-on-one communication, in my business, that's when I jump in. So I can delegate a lot of the work. And then once it's time for me to show my bread and butter and for me to really get to know the person, that's when I step in and that's when it turns over and that's when the delegation is relegated back to me. So it sounds like what you're saying is there's a certain amount of this that you can turn into process and that you can delegate a large portion of the prospecting piece. But ultimately, that last mile of connection in order to really be genuine has really got to come from you. Yeah. And of course, I like, look, it obviously depends on the business you have, the products you're selling. But at the end of the day, people want to buy from people. They want to buy from companies that they enjoy, that they share values with. And if you have a business that's going to be mostly physical products, that means that the connection needs to happen through your messaging. If you're going to sell it one-on-one and close some high ticket offerings where you are the final person, well, then it's going to be needing to be you to make that thing happen, right? And so I think it depends obviously on a ton of different companies because there's such a wide range. But at the end of the day, you can systematize and set up the processes that will enable you to go as far as you need to in order to get to the point where your involvement is necessary. And that's where it differs by business. So Jake, it sounds like ultimately, like everything else with relationships, it all really depends on the type of business, who your ideal customer is, and what your overall way of trying to attract those people is will really dictate not just the channel that you use, but the degree of contact. For sure. The key is to go where your people are, and be intentional about what you're saying to get them to take the action you're looking for. Yeah. And I have to say, there is one more question that's been on my mind that I have to ask you about. And that is, what is your go-to Taco Bell order? (laughs) I love it. My go-to Taco Bell order is my favorite item, the cheesy gordita crunch. That used to be the item that got me through college. And to be honest, a couple of years after college, that was my go-to item. And if you haven't tried it, I highly, highly recommend the Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Well, there you have it. I mean, back in the day for me, it was a double-decker. That's what got me through flight school back in the day. (laughs) But yeah, I'm also an avid Taco Bell fan, so I thought that was pretty funny to read on your blog and on your website, which is fantastic. I can't tell you how much Craig and I have really enjoyed having you here today, Jake. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah. First of all, I'll say I appreciate you guys. It's been been a blast of a conversation, very practical. I mean, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And then 
for anyone that's listening, if, if you enjoyed what we were talking about or you want to hear a little bit more, you can get a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network, a free paperback copy. All you got to do is cover the small shipping fee. And you can get that on my website at Jake Kelfer or on any of my social media platforms, which is pretty much my name, Jake Kelfer. Our guest today has been Jake Kelfer, author of his latest book, Elevate Your Network, 25 Keys to Building Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business. You can read more about Jake and find links to his website and free book offer all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.